Much of what we've been able to achieve through the Candid Frame has been a result of your kindness and support. You have been a regular listener, and you've helped to spread the word. And it was through your generous contributions that we were able to create the Candid Frame app and make it available to everyone for free. You can continue to support the work we do here by contributing as little as $2 a month to our Patreon campaign. You not only help to meet our costs of production, but provide us the means to improve the quality of the show and do so much more. Contribute today by visiting patreon.com forward slash the candid frame. This is Ebody and X, and this is The Candid Frame. Today, people make a big deal over how many virtual friends they have on Facebook or followers on Twitter and Instagram. Their heads seem permanently fixed into a slight downward tilt as they stare at the glowing screen of their tablet or phone. Yet one can be connected to thousands of people in a virtual world and not even know the name of their next-door neighbor. It seems like these tools that promise connection is succeeding in putting greater distance between us all. That is why I was so excited to hear about a photographer who uses his camera to connect to the people in his adopted home of Amsterdam. Vincent von Kleef reached out to complete strangers using, surprisingly enough, a Facebook group that people in his community frequent. He has used it to not only become a part of his community, but also launched the beginning of what he hopes to be a professional photographic career. Well, Vincent, welcome to The Candid Frame. Thanks for reaching out. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to having a chance to to talk with you. Well, thank you. And um, I'm I'm, I'm hugely honored to be uh, featured in your show. Thank you. Yeah, your 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 personal project uh, really uh, sparked an interest in me because I live in a small community here in Southern California, and I've always mm-hmm. been thinking about you know I really would like to get to know and meet people in this town, and maybe I should reach out and just start making portraits of people. And when I saw that that's exactly what you were doing in mm-hmm. your in, in Amsterdam, I thought, well, oh, I really have to talk to this guy. So <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm glad you reached out. Uh, from what I was reading. Amsterdam is, is is a city that you had moved to. Where were you living before, and what led you to move to Amsterdam? All oh, right, okay. Well, uh, I've moved to Amsterdam in 2016 because of my, me, my then girlfriend. Unfortunately, the love is over. <laughs> but, um, but she was the, the main reason to to move to Amsterdam. Um, I lived near Utrecht, that's the, the, the center of, of the Netherlands. And I didn't have a particular reason to go to Amsterdam besides my girlfriend. But uh, the end of the relationship also sparked this project because uh, I was confronted with, you know, and now what? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was triggered to, to get to know the people in my neighborhood better. Also, I wanted to hone my skills as a photographer, uh, especially with portraits. And uh, I've considered doing a workshop, but I... Um, well, I, I admire the work of, of artists who are self-taught uh, better than, than, let's say, educated artists. Well, actually, after a meditation practice, the idea just just 
fell, fell in front of me on the table, let's put it that way. It actually covers all, all these aspects. Um, um, meeting new new people, just you know, get some elbow grease, and thirdly, also I want really want to to use my talents to give something back to the community. So yeah. before we get into details about the project, I just want to ha- have a better understanding of the community in Amsterdam. The population in Amsterdam is about eight hundred thousand. Is the town of the city mm-hmm. you came from much smaller? Had you lived there all your life, or for a long period of time? Well, I'm, I'm actually well. I'm Dutch. I have Dutch parents, but I'm actually born in England. But was, but by my my dad and my mom moved to back to the Netherlands when I was 18 months old. Mm-hmm. I've grew up uh, in the north of the Netherlands, and um, I've lived uh, in the center of the Netherlands near Utrecht for almost all my life. The area in which I'm now living in Amsterdam is what they call the Bos and Lommer area. It's a very mixed area with um, a different sort of people. Amsterdam is, is, well, the capital of the Netherlands and very huge and very well differentiated. The center is, is very expensive to live. So what you see the last couple of years in Amsterdam that the former, let's say, bad neighborhoods of Amsterdam, which Bos of Lommer is one of them, are getting an upgrade because people are moving out from the center of the city outwards to the, uh, let's say, the, uh, the outer circles of Amsterdam. So that means that in a neighborhood like Bos and Lommer, you've got a very broad range of people living of all kind of social backgrounds, uh, ethnics and, and things like that. So what were you doing in terms of work before you moved to Amsterdam? I've always had, well, commercial jobs, just um, selling uh, professional services. But in the couple of years, uh, the last couple of years, well, as my, my photography progressed, I developed a, a stronger yearning to, to do something with my talents and with my passion. This project also sparked that, that passion and I really wanted to to do something that I really can't, well, to do something with, with, with heart and soul. So I don't have any professional background in, in photography whatsoever, but I consider myself good enough to, to make the jump to a professional photography. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to do that, yeah. You know, a lot of people think about, well, I'd like to take portraits of people. I'd like to build a portfolio. I'd like to do this as a living. But one of the immediately, one of the uh, sort of immediate excuses for not doing that is that, no, I don't know enough people to make portraits of. Right. Mm -hmm. And your remedy was to actually reach out to, to strangers. Yes. So tell me how that idea came up for you and what exactly did you do to start connecting with people in your community? Mm, it's a very profound question. Well, I'm a people people's person uh, in the first place. I really like to connect to people. It's the way I am. Uh, well, like I said, I wanted to to connect with people in my direct neighborhood. So, uh, I've taken photographs and portraits of, of family members and friends in the last couple of years. But I, wa- I really wanted to, to to take the next step and. What I found that the real quality of taking good portraits is having the connection with 
with the person you are photographing. I've always had jobs which, which there was a necessary need for uh, making that connection. Mm-hmm. So I'm quite able to to have a chat with, with, with strangers and to, to make them uh, feel at ease. So I'm not afraid of, of, of uh, connecting with, with total strangers. That's, that triggered me to, to, to just post uh, and uh, request in the in the in the Facebook group of Bosse Lommer, uh, simply asking people, well, do you want you to take uh, uh, that I, that I take pictures of you? And uh, after the first responders, um, I experienced quite a well, let's say an avalanche, a huge response of people who reacted after the, seeing the first uh, photographs, and it just well escalated after that. Yeah. It just progressed in a very natural way. I, I even had to stop taking in new people after a few weeks because it it it, it was just too huge to 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 manage uh, in my, on my own. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any doubts or concerns before you made that post? Um, no. Well, it, it was quite a um, intuitive action. I just felt it was the right thing to do. For a slight moment, I hesitated if it was, you know, let's say, in line with what the administrator of the Facebook page wanted with the, with the page. So I checked the, the list of postings and um, I didn't see any projects, anything like that. So that strengthened me in my idea of, well, this could be a really good, good idea. So I didn't really hesitate at all, but and I, I checked during the project if people were still fine with it. So tell me about the first person, your first shoot from this series. The first person, um, oh, let's say, let's think. I've almost uh, did uh, 50 uh, shoots, so I have to to to, uh, to look. Uh, <laughs> well, let's say the the, the couple, the, the the first responders were the people who did not respond based on the photographs I've showed within the Facebook group, and these people, well, they have a special place in my heart because they are the heroes of my project. Uh, they, well, many people are quite hesitant to to take the leap to make the jump to um, to let them uh, to, to let um, me take their photographs so well but having said that i thinking about that uh, thinking back about all those shoots you get in into some sort of groove during the shoots but from the first shoot it was just a natural thing to do you walk to each other, you are complete strangers. You make a chat. Uh, most of the people start with saying that they are quite afraid of the camera. <laughs> yeah. People are very conscious about their, the way they look. I notice also that we live in an Instagram area with, with filters and, and people are used to have a, let's say, a virtual look of themselves, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, and I shoot with a high quality lens and I don't use Photoshop or whatsoever. So it's quite in your face. Some people are afraid to be confronted with their real genuine appearance. Most of the people start with saying, well, I have to warn you, Vincent, 
I always had my eyes closed and I never <laughs> had a, a great picture of me. And um, what I try to do is, well, step away from my role as a photographer and uh, just taking a walk in the park, a stroll and chatting about the things that really matter for them. Uh, while we're talking, I take some pictures. People sense when you are genuinely interested in their story and when you look them straight in the eyes and you listen and you don't point your camera straight into their faces. Well, maybe that's the quality of, of me as a photographer. Uh, it's actually the feedback I get often quite a lot of times that people don't often don't have the, the notion of, of me taking photographs. So, yeah, it, it felt natural from the, from the first shoot on. And um, I've made some great, great, great friends uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. It, I was going to ask you how, how you build rapport with your subjects because, you know, photographing someone who's a complete stranger to you, there is this sort of underlying tension or... If, if not the word, if, if tension isn't, isn't the right word, just sort of cautiousness, yeah. right? That you have to sort of overcome in order to solicit something genuine from the photograph. So just, just what you described in terms of just being engaged with them, listening to them, and not making necessarily the photograph the, no. uh, the, focal, the whole focal point of the encounter is, is really valuable. Absolutely right. Well, what, what has helped, I think, is that I don't only post pictures in the Facebook group, but also uh, tell a story about the um, the, um, the meeting, the, um, the getting to know each other meeting. So I combine storytelling with my pictures, and the pictures themselves are storytelling, but also the text. And uh, quite a few people uh, thought that, that I was a copywriter myself because, you know, I'm quite able to, to write a, a positive, uplifting story about, about the people that I've photographed. So people get to know me as a photographer better during the, the shoots. It's always positive and, uh, and uplifting. And so people tend to feel as if they know me already. <laughs> mm if you know what I mean. And that helps with building up a rapport. But the first, the first people that responded, well, uh, I think these were the people who are just easy with other people, just like me. Yeah. So you don't have to make that much of a rapport with that kind of people. But it's, it's more that the people who came afterwards that are more, let's say, shy of self-conscious. But there are well they responded because of what they saw uh, in, in the facebook group and reading the stories and really enjoying not only the pictures but also the story i, I tell about the people well that's that, that's a really wonderful reflection of you that people that are shy that uh, typically don't think that they photograph well were willing to make themselves vulnerable and put themselves in mm -hmm. front of you that that must have been felt like an, a huge sort of compliment to your skills actually it is you know what um, it's I've always struggled with acknowledge my own talents <laughs> I think it's it's a problem many photographers have especially in the transition to becoming a professional photographer 
I've heard a lot of times, oh, you're, so, you're such a good photographer, but uh, well, you know, I always ended that with, yeah, but you're my friend or you're my brother, mm -hmm. things like that. But I've noticed that I have a, a, a very important skill besides taking uh, good photographs, and that is with connecting with, with people. So uh, what you say is very profound, is that to be able to, to, to take a real meaningful portrait of, of people you have to really connect with with, with the other with other, other person well especially with children um, I've, I've photographed quite a lot of, of children and often I, I get told by the mom or dad as for well uh, I don't think I the, the, the children will be very motivated they don't want to take their pictures taken and so forth and and one example that is very profound to me is one little girl will will later on her mother told me that she is very 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 difficult with strangers and uh, but but within a couple of minutes she transformed into a wonderful open lovely girl her mother was very moved uh, not only by what she saw during the shoot that that her little girl transformed from a shy personality to a, a wonderful open personality but also the pictures that well that resulted in that in special interaction so that's really a, a great bonus of this project is that i'm reaffirmed that uh, i have a special skill in in connecting with with people so tell me about the logistics. How do you work this out? They reach out to you on the Facebook group and you yes. meet them, you mentioned in a park, but uh, ex explain how in general you connect with people and schedule and make all that stuff happen. Well, <laughs> I didn't expect to have so much people re responding, so I had to to use some sort of system uh, with it. As, uh, first of all, I... I ask the people to respond uh, via my website. It's a portfolio website. Some people responded that, well, they, looking at my photographs, they suspect me to be a professional photo, uh, photographer. Uh, so some people thought it was a cheap way of, of getting your customers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the funny thing is that there's, there's a few people that, that respond in that way. Most of the people responded back for me uh, stating that uh, that I'm not uh, it's for a good cause and have the best intentions to do that uh, project but having said that I've used my website to to take the applications well I don't have a, uh, a system for that uh, I, I, I mail the, the presents back and I schedule and uh, I shoot and um, I live nearby the park uh, I've, I've had a, a fixed time schedule. Uh, that's about it. Well, and um, yeah, tell me about this application. What what what's what does it consist of? Well, uh, people send me an uh, an, an app a request for for a photo shoot via my website, mm -hmm. uh, and I respond to that with uh, with a su suggested uh, date. And after that, I send them a link to uh, to the photographs. That's 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 how simple as that. Oh, okay. Well, you yeah. said that you got an overwhelming response to them. So at some point, you had to choose who you would, you know, who you would photograph. So how did you yes. sort of weave through <laughs> the the many, you know, the many people who were interested and choose the people that you actually wanted to, to capture? Well, I, 
I actually didn't want to discriminate among the people. Uh, just the first who that, a lot of people respond, but didn't respond back to my response uh, in order to schedule uh, a shoot. So only the people who uh, respond with a uh, with a reaction of, uh, of a specific date, uh, I schedule that. But having said that, it's a very good question because one of the what I mentioned, what I noticed is that. You know, Amsterdam is a city with a lot of different nationalities. And uh, most of the people that uh, responded were from Dutch origin. And 90%, I think, is uh, women. Mm. Most of the time they take their children with, with them or their spouse. But we have a lot of different nationalities uh, and ethnic groups here in Amsterdam. And so what I've done, uh, I've continued the project this week and I've teamed up with an organization here in Amsterdam to recruit, uh, let's say, um, people from non-Western countries in order to have a more balanced representation of the uh, the people here in Boston Lommer. That's great. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about, just that. Because it seems that when people... I've heard of a lot of projects where people have solicited subjects from things like Craigslist, Craigslist, which is... Uh, I don't know if you have it where you are, but Craigslist is basically uh, uh, like a site where people post different things that they want to sell and want to purchase. or mm-hmm. And a lot of photographers have used Craigslist to solicit subjects. But sometimes, depending on you know the, 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 the project that it's working on, there's only a certain type of people that will volunteer themselves for, for it, right? And a lot of yeah. people that you might be interested in too just don't either traffic in, in that particular site or would even consider it you know, uh, responding to an, an, anonymous, an anonymous post. Right. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting how you're sort of expanding from that, you know, initial circle of people that uh, were available to you. Yeah, that, that's right. One of the reactions I've got, the project is also featured in a local newspaper here in Amsterdam. And one of the reactions from the readers was that the people that I photographed was uh, mainly white. So uh, I, I, I didn't get offended by this, but... I responded to that people uh, to that person that it's, it's it was not my choice to to choose certain demographics uh, within the Amsterdam community but that's just just the case I mean um, the organization which uh, which I teamed up with is the, the main um, goal of this organization is connecting all these different uh, groups within Amsterdam and what you see is that I think it's it's human nature that people well stick to their own roots I don't know if that's the correct uh, expression in English but people tend to to choose the surroundings of their natural habitats I think that the Facebook group of Bosselomer is not a representative representation of, of, of the Bosselomer community and that's the very reason that I've teamed up with that organization to well also to let people from other ethnic groups and social backgrounds to get out their comfort zone and to present themselves to the rest of, uh, of the neighborhood mm. uh, and that's a, a very neat extension of of, of the project. It's, it's a social project for me, besides a wonderful photography project. It's also a social project in which I connect people with each other. Um, one of the compliments I got from people is that 
I give the the people of Barcelona of Amsterdam a face and a story, and also the people from uh, local small businesses. They present themselves first of all as a human being, <laughs> uh, running a business. Besides that, well, I, I think it's a project that has huge potential to. Um, you know, to, to take other forms than, than only photographing um, people who respond uh, from themselves. As you said, you've probably heard number of stories of people's lives, and I'm, I'm wondering, is there a particular story that stands out for you that you've heard as a result of working on this project? Oh, there are countless, but one, one story I want to mention is that I was very, very moved by the, that story. It's a young woman uh, that um, had have taken care of her neighborhood, and that's a young woman from from Africa, from Eritrea, with two young children, and she has a temporary temporary status in the Netherlands, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, so yeah. it's, it's, she can live here for about five years. And after five years, the, the Dutch government decides whether she can stay or not. So she has no job. She cannot speak English. She cannot speak Dutch. And um, she has two young children. Lisa, the, the Dutch girl, decided to uh, to give me a call and to um, propose a shoot with, with her and with her uh, uh, neighbor. And it was very, very uh, beautiful. On my Instagram account, you see a few pictures of a, a little, a little baby, uh, and um, that was wonderful because we we had to use our hands or our feet to communicate. She's one of the people who has printed out one of the photographs and and pinned it on on the wall. So it was a very moving. The, the, the shoot was very moving. Uh, also, the story behind that is very, very, very beautiful. Yes. So, what have you learned about your the community in which you're living that you didn't know before you started the project? Well, I've, I think I've got a more uh, realistic view of Amsterdam because Amsterdam has always been the city that I visited uh, almost as a tourist a few years uh, back. Amsterdam has a well, let's say. Amsterdam, the center of Amsterdam is very tourist orientated and you've got the problem areas and that's not a, let's say, a um, a very um, representative picture of of the city. Mm -hmm. And and when you you connect with with the people around you, you see that you meet people of all walks of life and, uh, and the gratitude of the people that's one key thing that that's, that's really that I really got from this project. You know, when you live in a big city like Amsterdam, you don't you, you are not specifically walking down the streets in order to connect with people. You don't know you, do, you don't really get to know your your fellow um, inhabitants of of the city. But when you do a project like this, and you you're talking straight away with total strangers. Uh, and you talk about their lives, about their family, about their passions, about their problems. It really gives you insight in the human nature of the people which are part of your community. I don't know if I give the proper response to your question, Abernix, but uh, 
Yeah, well, it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful insight that I've got from, from the people of Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like you work pretty simply. Uh, t- tell us about the equipment that you use and, and what kind of lighting do you consider ideal for the portraits that you make? Mm. Well, I use a rangefinder camera. That means it's a manual focus uh, camera. It's a Leica. And I only use natural lights. Uh, and I use prime lenses. Uh, that means that um, you're kind of restricted in the sort of photographs you can take. And rangefinder camera is also not that intrusive like a DSLR. A DSLR is, for most of people, is quite intrusive in the sense that it has a big lens on it, big zoom lens on it. And people are quite offended by when you point your camera to them. But when people see my, my Leica, although it's quite expensive camera, they think oh, it's just an old film camera. Mm. So they they don't take they, they don't take it very uh, seriously. And that is a very um, a positive aspect of, of taking portraits because people, well, they've seen the, 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 the results. They know you can take good photographs. But having said that, uh, putting a, a small camera with a small lens in front of your face is another... Uh, has another effect on people than a DSLR. And also, uh, using only natural light, it forces me as a photographer, but also the people um, who I photograph, is to be flexible and make use of the the local weather circumstances. And uh, I've, I've, takes, uh, I've taken photographs in, uh, in dim lights, in snow, in rain, and so uh, it, it adds to the national, authentic feel of the, uh, of the photographs. The, the pictures are beautifully rendered in black and white. Tell me about that aesthetic choice and how are you achieving that look? Mm. Well, most of the pictures are indeed in black and white. The thing I like about black and white considering, of con- concerning portraits is that by, moving, by uh, removing the color in the picture, you are more able to let them let show the, the personality through, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always preferred black and white portraits to to color portraits. Well, it, it's an aesthetical thing. I, I just like it better. And <laughs> uh, the way I, I process my 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 um, post process my my pictures is I shoot in raw, so. Photographing for me is mainly making sketches with, with, with paper and, and, uh, and a pencil. And in Lightroom, um, I do the post-processing. But I, well, like I said before, I don't use any Photoshop or whatsoever. The Leica, it's a quite old Leica camera. It's an, it's an M9, uh, well, old for digital standards. It has, it has a codec as a, f- a sensor, and, has a, and it has a very film-like quality. And I use some codec uh, presets within Lightroom. So that's about it. Very, very simple. Though um, don't know uh, uh, bells or uh, whistles or whatsoever. Yeah. No. You had mentioned earlier that part of the, the project was spurred not just by your desire to meet people in your community, but as a way of you know, getting the gears greased for being able to transition to working as a professional photographer. Telling, tell me about how this project is helping you to make that transition. Mm, excellent question. Well, like I mentioned before, is that I've 
notice that I have a, a quality besides taking good photographs, and that is with connecting people. The uh, photography, professional photo- photography business is very competitive. And the price perception of the photographs has radically changed in the last couple of years. People are not very willing to pay a considerable amount of money for a picture. So you have to find a way to make a difference among the other photographers. What I've learned from this project is that I'm very good in in combining the storytelling uh, aspects with taking uh, with taking pictures. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to do, I've developed a concept for uh, elementary schools uh, in which I take uh, photographs of uh, of the children and let the children tell something positive about each other and quoting quoting them uh, in in the picture. Mm, so okay. I'm. I'm so yeah, so I make a, a book for the school, for the school in which I make a headshot of, of the children, two children uh, uh, at a time, and I let them say something positive about the other or the child. Let's say Peter has beautiful eyes, or she's very good in, uh, in mathematics, or, or things like uh, like that. And then I, I I take a picture of, of of the two of them, and I I write a little story about how I experience the interaction with, uh, uh, with, uh, with the children. And uh, that's a, an example of using your phot- phot- photography skills and your, let's say, your people skills in order to, to have a meaningful document for, in this case, the school and their parents and the children. In that way, it has given the, uh, this project me the insights that uh, it's a very good way for me to, to combine my, my two talents. Have you given any thought as to what your end goal is for the project itself? You know, is there a certain number of portraits that you, you would like to make? Would you want to have an exhibit to produce a, a book? Well, it's funny you say that because... Uh, I've, I've had the suggestion for an exhibition or a book many, many, many times. A few people of, of Amsterdam, uh, city self, has did uh, have done the suggestion also to have an expo- uh, exposition or a book. To be honest, maybe I will do it, but it's not my end goal. If there are no, uh, enough people who um, put pressure on me, I, I might do it, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think the, the the real revenue of this project is the human aspect of it. I, I don't have a goal of amount of pictures or, well, I, I'm a sort of local celebrity at, at this point. People recognize from on the street as, hey, you're the photographer of the uh, of the Facebook group, but that hasn't been my my end goal for this project. It just started with. With an, with, uh, with an idea after a meditation practice and it just, well, sort of exploded after that. What I want to do, however, is to, well, let it organically grow into something even more meaningful. That's the, the, one of the reasons that I've, that I've I'm in contact with a lot of organizations here in Amsterdam because everybody is, especially nowadays, we live in, in certain times nowadays, and people are very in need of connection with each other. I think photography is an, a great, great, great way to, to connect with people. I think that that's the, let's say, 
the goal I have in, in mind, but it's not an end goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, where it ends. I hope it ends that, that with me being a, a professional photographer, uh, but I'll, I will continue this project whatsoever. But uh, I think it, well, it might be changing along the way, but letting photography be a, a meaningful aspect in, in the lives of people, that's, that's my key my key goal for, with the project. Mm. My last question is one that I ask each guest, and that is I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore on their own, and it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why? Well, actually, that's a really an easy one, Everyone's, because I'm a huge, huge fan of Anton Corbijn. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the issue. Um, his work is truly, truly unique and amazing. Uh, I think most of your listeners know Anton Corbijn. Of course, he is the uh, the photographer of the Joshua Tree picture of U2, but he's done so, so many things. And I've had the honor to meet Anton a, a couple of years ago when he had a, a book signing in Amsterdam. He did a book on Tom Waits. I was able to meet him and have had a little chat with him. He even signed my, one of my Leicas. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's amazing. And uh, he's a very humble, down-to-earth guy. And, and that resonates, I think, with, with what we were talking about in, in, in our, our conversation, is that he also is someone that is able not only to take great uh, pictures, but also just be very centered as a human being, and to have to make that connection with the people, but but with strangers, but also with a stranger like me, yeah. <laughs> but also with with huge celebrities. Uh, it's always Anto Corbijn you are talking to, so that's. Uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's great. I'm a great yeah. fan of his his, his work, uh, and also his the the work that he's uh, done with motion, you know, with with his videos and his, and his films. Uh, yes. really, really wonderful stuff. People should definitely check all of that out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. Well, thank you so much for for appearing on the show. I really enjoyed the the, the conversation. I found it personally very inspiring. So, thank you. Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about this project, and thanks again, it's, it's really been a blast. Thanks to Vincent for joining us. Find out more about him and his work by visiting vincentphotography.nl. And you can show your support for The Candid Frame by writing a review in the iTunes store. As people search for podcasts to listen to, these reviews can lead people to listen to us for the very first time, and that can make all the difference. So if you haven't already, please take the time to do it today. You can also support the show by making a monthly contribution to Patreon. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help us to not only meet the costs of production for the show, but allow us to improve our podcast, YouTube channel, and website. Or if you just want to make a one-time contribution to the show, you can do so via PayPal. You'll find links for both on the Candid Frame website or the show notes. Thanks to Sol Traverso and Wolfgang Medlich. 
To access our complete archive of interviews, download the free Candid Frame app, available for Apple iOS and Android. Not only will you immediately receive the latest episode on your phone or tablet, but you can now easily share your favorite episode on your social networks and help spread the word. Or if you want to drop me a line or make comments about the show, you can email me directly from the app. Download it today by clicking on the link in the show notes or the website at thecandidframe.com. The Candid Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor, who you can find at the other martintaylor.com. The show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker, and our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ebodyonx. And this is Ibadian X, and this is The Candid Frame.